to start, I think it's important to underscore why this is important. We've had a police auditor in the city of Akron since 2007, but the role has never really functioned in a way that, you know, I think was originally intended. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Staffing, for much of the time, the role's been part-time with with no administrative support and no deputy for when there's a retirement or, you know, if there's illness or anything like that. Um, access to information has never been defined under city law, so that we define exactly what the auditor's office can and can't access. And then uh, thirdly, independence. You know, this whole time uh, for the last 15 years, the auditor has reported directly, uh, has, is hired and fired directly by the mayor. And so there have to be instances, there are going to be instances where the auditor might need to disagree with the mayor. And so there should be some form of independence. And this is what we see in other communities. So over the last three years, as I've been working on these issues, those three points, access, staffing, and independence, have kept coming up. And so over the last three years, uh, really since the murder of George Floyd in 2020, we've had a bunch of different initiatives through city council, the mayor's racial equity task force to have kind of talked about these issues. And there's a lot of consensus around this idea of a citizen's review board. And the main function of the citizen's review board would be to oversee the auditor's office, right? These, these, the citizens would not be directly kind of weighing in on things. They would be hiring and firing and overseeing, you know, a staff of three people in the auditor's office, right? It would help with oversight. So and, let me let me break in here real sure, quickly. Um, what is an auditor? I mean, what would he actually do for his job? Absolutely. So you have instances of different kinds of things. So there's civilian complaints, there's officer use of force, there's deadly force incidents. And so the way the auditor's office has worked to this point the police do an internal investigation into those incidents. Now deadly force incidents are investigated at the state level, but there's there's internal investigations. An auditor is really there as a watchdog to kind of look over the shoulder and to say, hey, I think you missed something here. I think you should look at this to make recommendations. They're not doing an alternative investigation. They're really just, you know, making sure that uh, there's a there's a viewpoint outside the police department that's weighing in on this process that has to be secretive, and so that that is going to continue, right? We're not suggesting that discipline investigations be done by the public or by citizens or by the auditor. We're just trying to codify the way in which that auditor's office works. So, anyway, so sorry, going going uh, back into it. Um, the there would be the citizens review board that would hire and fire the auditor. And we would define exactly what the auditor's office can and can't do. And then uh, thirdly, uh, we would make sure that there's appropriate staffing. And so that's that's really what uh, both the proposal by the mayor and the, the Issue 10 would do. The primary difference is that Issue 10 is a charter amendment. And so it amends our city's constitution. It's, it's more permanent. The, the proposal passed by city council, the mayor's proposal, that can be changed by the city at any time. And so that's why, to me, it was important that this be done in a way that's, that's permanent, because we've seen over time, you know, the auditor was made part-time after a few years when there were budget issues. We need to make sure that this is, that this is permanent. 
I see. And as I understand it, though, one of the big sticking points, and if we could do this real briefly, sure. one of the big sticking points has to do with the uh, the city's contract with the FOP. So even if you got this passed, or even if it was passed, it wouldn't necessarily go into effect right away because of the way the contract is with the Fraternal Order of Police. Is that true or not? I, I think it's a little bit complicated, and I don't think it's, that's entirely accurate, right? So what we have to understand is that even if we pass something, the union contract, because it's an agreement between the city and the union, that, that still governs. We can't override the contract with a charter amendment with a city law, right? So as we were drafting this, I was one of, of a number of people who helped put this charter amendment together. We were very sensitive to that and, and really considered that. And so we put provisions in there that, that we do not believe, you know, conflict with the union contract. But anyone can make an argument that, you know, because the union contract is silent on citizens' review and on police oversight generally, they can argue that the current status quo violates the contract or that the mayor's plan violates the contract or that this proposal violates the contract. And so I don't think that there are violations. I think this would be able to be put in place and move forward. But the reality is that we'll have to implement this over time. And there may be pieces where we put in a provision that said that this has to be read in line with the contract. And so, you know, the provisions of this uh, say that there can be investigations from uh, the the board and from the police auditor's office. Well, we know that it seems that it seems clear that there can't be disciplinary investigations. Those have to be through APD. And so those, you know, when investigations has to be read narrowly so it doesn't conflict with the contract. So really, I think we'll see this play out over time. But I don't think it's as significant of a blockade as as folks have have mentioned. 